Ever heard the quote, here's to strong women. May we know them, may we be them, may we raise them. What does that even mean? Today, we get honest about glorifying independence and how it may or may not benefit the modern day woman. You're listening to Honest Women, the podcast for every woman who's trying to juggle the relationships, roles, and responsibilities that come with modern womanhood and finding it all just a little harder than she thought it would be. We're your hosts, Andrea Berkeley and Jessica Hutchison, your new besties who just happen to be therapists. And while we believe that life is hard and there's no tip or trick that will solve that, it does get just a little bit easier when we can be real with each other and talk about it honestly. You're listening to Honest Women. Hi. Hi. <laughs> Hello. Welcome It's always back. the most awkward. It is Welcome so back. awkward. It is always so awkward starting, but here we go. Welcome back to today's episode. Hands up if you've ever heard the term independence used as a marker of success and strength. Hands up. Hands up. We both have hands up. I have both of my hands up. This does seem to be like the key word right now for what it means to be strong. And especially as a woman, I just hear Beyonce's independent women playing on repeat in my brain right now. Over and over. This whole episode came to me because I was clearing out one of our many closets. Well, I was trying to, let's be honest. I didn't actually clear it out because there's so much stuff. But we have this picture that my husband actually bought and I had framed and it was hanging in our daughter's room when she was younger and truly never thought about it until somebody in my family told me they didn't like the picture. And then I sat and thought about it a few years back. And the picture said, behind every strong woman is herself. Mm. Yes. And when I first, I mean, I hung it in my daughter's room. I framed it. I hung it in my daughter's room. I loved it. Until the past couple of years when I really sat with that and thought about what message that was giving her and sending to her about strength and independence. Yes. I don't think I would have thought critically about that till you said it. But it is like, hey, if you're strong, you're also alone. Yes. I'm good with it. Now you're thinking about it. I am thinking about it. Now I'm like, oof, all these little things that you think are feminist, inspiring things that I go, is that really like what we're aiming for? Is that really the message that I not only want to be a mantra in my own life, but is it also a message I want to give to my daughter that strength comes from independence? So I feel like this is not just like a cultural phenomenon, right? Like we see it everywhere in modern culture, but it's something that definitely comes up in our offices. How does that come up in your office, this idea of being independent as a woman? Literally weekly, almost to the point where I chuckle a little bit when women come in and they'll sit down. I will say, to be fair, it's both men and women that I do get. But women, particularly, it's like this heavy weight that they wear upon their shoulders and they will sit down and with true pride talk about how they have been independent in their lives. And they'll kind of read this list, this resume of things that they've achieved independently. Then followed by a really drop, I mean, in body language and tone and demeanor, this like shame-based statement of, I always thought I was independent based on all these things that I've accomplished in my life. 
But as I sit here on your couch today, I've realized that I'm not really independent and I can't do these things on my own. And the sad thing is, is that said with shame and sadness and guilt. As you were saying that, I got the chills from my arms down into my legs. It was just like, oh, that feeling when somebody comes in and there was something somewhere along the way that taught them that being on their own, doing it all by themselves, that was the goal. And that somehow they've failed by not being able to do everything on their own or by needing or wanting other people in their lives. Yes. Oh, I feel like for me, this comes up in my office most often as a goal. So people will come in at the very beginning of therapy and they'll be like, I want you to teach me how to be happy by myself. Or they'll literally say, I want to not depend on anybody else. I want to be good being alone. And I don't know if this makes me a good therapist or a bad therapist, but I'm pretty immediately like, I'm not going to help you with that. (laughs) I'm not. not. That is not a goal that I will sign off on. I don't believe that humans are meant to be independent. I just don't. I would never, ever point you towards that. Especially just like sometimes people come in and they're in a partnership. They're in a marriage. They've had a betrayal. They've got like tough family relationships. And then they say basically like, help me to be happy without any relationship that I can depend on in my life. And also nothing changes. Does that make sense? Help me to be happy with my life without anything in my marriage changing. And I'm just totally happy by myself inside this situation, but nothing will change. And that's another one I'm like, oh, (laughs) you're like, well, and I'm so transparent. You know me, I'm so transparent. If my words don't say it, my face says it type of human. And I'm the same way though. People will come in, women will come in and they'll say, I want to be okay being alone. And I want to be these really unrealistic expectations for what strength is. And it's yes, but yeah. And it's depending on the situation, of course, but looking at it from a lens of what is actually realistic when we as humans are talking about this idea of being independent from other human beings or from one another. And that being the goal. I just fundamentally don't believe in it. It's one of the six kind of pillars that I work on with clients as a foundation for health is social support. And I'm like, there's just no ifs, ands, or buts. We need you to have satisfying relationships in your life. And side note, that's part of why we created this podcast, why we're doing this, is that so many people don't have satisfying relationships in their life, relationships where they can be honest, where they feel supported and seen and understood. And so while I'd love to be able to create that personally in my life with all the people in the world, I can't. No. And so we wanted to be able to bring this sense of relationship to people who might not have that otherwise. Exactly. Because it's not easy, as we've talked about in other episodes, refer back to Your Heart is Hard, the village episodes where we really say that it has become harder to find a sense of understanding and a sense of belonging within our modern day society which then has truly led to this idea of independence being a marker of strength and success. And it also, I will say, I do believe it can be a cop-out of sorts too, because it is so hard 
to connect and to find people that you connect with, that independence can be very much a cop-out of, well, I don't need people. I don't need connection. I don't need this, that, and that. I can do it on my own. Mm -hmm. Let me say as a young person, this is a goal I would have signed off on. If you ask 16-year-old Andrea or even like 25-year-old Andrea, right? For sure. Even as a married person, I would have signed off on this. I would have been like, yeah, I have to do everything all on my own. I only can depend on me. But I will say that was not a sign of good health or good goals. That was a sign of stuff that happened in my past where I learned that I couldn't depend on other people. And so I developed a coping mechanism of saying, that's okay, I'll do it all. And I don't know if anyone else feels this way, but I'll do it all. I'll do it all perfectly. I'll do it all and like show up and look really impressive and everyone will see me and know how great I am, but also that I don't need anybody else. And that was not a sign of help. That was a really young understanding and a young way of dealing with this fact that being dependent or connected on other people is really risky. Something I'm not 100% in control of. And it's something that I do need. It is risky. It is very risky. With that in mind, independence and with the risk level, right? When we try to find that connection and or we say, I'm going to depend on other people in my life for assistance. Is independence, is it actually a worthy goal? Yeah, that's the big question, right? Because it is so many people want this. We've aimed towards it ourselves. Our clients ask about this every day. Maybe I should justify a little bit why I believe that it's not. Why I just don't believe that humans are built for this. So we both practice attachment-based therapies, especially when we work with couples and attachment deals with the bonding relationships between parents and children from day one from the day that you're born. And then we really now use attachment theory to describe every human relationship. Everything. Everything. So just from like a very casual standpoint, when humans are born, when babies are born, they are 100% dependent on other people for survival. And we are the most dependent species on the planet. I mean, you see a baby giraffe born and doesn't that baby giraffe like walk away and eat a leaf? I mean, I do think that other species are born. And, you know, maybe I know that there are other mammal species where the young are dependent on the parents, maybe up to a year. I probably should do some looking into this. But for humans, I mean, our brains aren't fully developed until we're 25. Culturally, we tend to live with our parents in the U.S. until at least 18. At least. Often, much later. So I just believe that that is a part of like a very key or cornerstone part of being human is that we are born dependent. We learn from the day that we're born that when I'm distressed, when I'm hungry, when I'm scared, when I'm cold, when I'm hot, when I need some comfort that I call out to another. And then when that person shows up and they're there consistently, they're there quickly, they're there accurately, right? Every single time that you call out, they come, you learn that the world around you is safe, that you can rely on other people, and that you have value. That's part of what we learn from the very beginning in our caregiving relationships. I believe that we're built to be connected to one another. We are, by design. It's science, actually, right? I mean, we truly are built to connect and to have a dependence on others. And I tell people 
all the time in my office when they come in and say, I want to be more independent. I don't want to X, Y, and Z, be dependent on this or be dependent on this. And I will say, there's a reason dependent is in the word independent. Dependence on, or let me reframe that. Let me rephrase that actually. Being able to depend on others is what helps us be independent. Yes. It's different. Dependence on, being able to depend on others. And I'll use the example of little human, little toddler. What gives them the confidence to stand up and start walking is they know they can depend on their primary caregiver that's sitting right there and will help them if they fall. That is what gives them confidence. So you'll see them kind of wobble and they'll fall and they'll look, they'll look back at mom and mom will say, good job, keep going. And they stand back up and they keep going. Their ability to depend creates confidence. And that to me is such an important element when we talk about independence is independence is only because we can depend on others. Yes. Being able to depend on somebody else makes us bold. It helps us to go out and do things on our own. And like you said, that's hardwired from the time that we're little. As soon as we can get moving, we do move away, but it's not like a toddler just like walks out the door. We basically take bigger and bigger circles away from a secure base. Yes, that's exactly right. You know, I remember going back to when I decided to make a career change and go back to grad school. It was scary to think about completely changing careers and starting over. I mean, I was in my 20s, but at the time, you know, in your 20s, you think you have it all figured out and then you realize you have nothing figured out. I remember my now husband and I, I believe we're just dating at the time. And I'll never forget him asking me, what are you afraid of? Like, what is truly your fear with going back? And I sat with it for a while. I'm sure I came up with what's some other things, but the main one was finance. I'm going to have to take out money in order to go back to school. And, and I remember him looking at me and saying, if that is your only reason, you cannot let that fear hold you back. There are so many people in your life that will not let you fall, just like they're not going to let you be homeless. I didn't realize it at the time, but now looking back and reflecting on it, I would have never even gone back to grad school if I didn't know that I could depend on certain individuals in my life. So true. So true. I would lose all of my flexibility throughout my growing up years. I would not have been able to stay home with my children when I stayed home with them, right? Because we needed to have, yes, a financial relationship, but also a human support relationship. When I was home with my kids, my primary person that I was able to relate to was my spouse. And it was really important over time to be able to build out those friendships, especially with other women and moms who were home with their kids. That was when things got better for me. But those relationships were vital. And then when I was like, this is not working for me, to be able to lean on my spouse and on friends, to be able to say like, yeah, you can make a change. That was really, really important. It was being able to depend on the fact that I had that emotional or relational support that allowed me to do something different. Exactly. We don't see it at the time. I sure didn't. And if I look back at I mean, I've been alive for 40 years. I don't remember all of them. 
But if I look back at the last really two decades and I look at any of the choices I made or any decisions, risky as in risky as in not good choice risky, (laughs) not like brave risk, like going back to grad school, I'm saying like those things that you're like, ooh, wish I could erase that one. But if I look at some of the things that I hold guilt from the past, there truly is a distinct pattern. I was isolating and trying to do things alone. Mm -hmm. And what I've realized is in those moments where I thought I'm trying to prove my worth or I'm trying to prove my strength as a woman, I was very much just barely surviving. Mm -hmm. I wasn't living. I really was not living. I was surviving. Yes, girl. I so relate to that. I really do. Because there are times where maybe I felt like I had done the independent thing. I was doing the independent thing. I wasn't relying on anybody. And I was maybe even succeeding a lot on the outside, but I was fucking miserable on the inside. Oh, yes. The outside was not meeting the inside. It's not to say that I can't do things on my own. I can. I have. Sometimes by necessity and then sometimes by choice. But I just found that over time that doing them on my own, if I wasn't able to depend on somebody else, they didn't feel good. And a lot of times it would be like, even now, day to day, I think some of my biggest challenges are around, and I think this is very universal, feeling like I need more connection in my life and more partnership in my life. The times where I'm like most unhealthy, the times where I'm likeliest to come in in a rage, like a mom rage or be like a monster in my house, they usually involve me saying something like, guys, I can't do this all by myself and I shouldn't have to. No. Or coming in with my list of things like I took care of this and this and this and this. And at least for me, I wish that I could list off all the things that I've done and be like, and I'm amazing. And this makes me feel great. And like, I'm a queen and you're so lucky to have me. But usually what happens is that when I try to take on too much by myself, when I don't feel interdependent, able to depend on other people for emotional support, for help, for a time, for whatever it is that I need, I end up burnt out. I end up resentful. This idea of like, I do it all on my own, at least in my life, in the domestic life of a suburban (laughs) wife and mother, it does not leave me raising up my hands like to the Beyonce song. This is not some sort of anthem. No, I am full of rage. Yes. And burnt out and miserable. So here's where I think then we change our verbiage. We look at, is the goal independence? And if so, what does that look like? Because I don't think independence is something we throw out the door, but what does independence look like? And should we be striving for interdependence? Yeah, that's the word, man. Interdependence. That is the word. That's the thing that we're looking for. And that's the thing that on a day-to-day basis, interdependence might look like I can count on my partner and I can count on my friends, maybe family. Maybe I can just count on them, period. Yes. To care, to show up, to see me, to pitch in, to do things like my husband is leaning on me or I'm leaning on him financially. Maybe we're leaning on our parents or on our nanny for child rearing support or 
help. Maybe I'm leaning on a friend for emotional support. Exactly. And I think it's also changing pieces out where there can be independence of sorts, right? But that idea of interdependence, but from an independence where it's wanting to build something. And I'll say that with this podcast. I mean, we're very dependent on one another. We're interdependent. And we know that. We are very interdependent. But if I look at it from a goal, the day I entered grad school was always to have my own private practice. And I do feel like I was interdependent on a lot of people in order to make that happen. But a big part of the interdependent relationship was also with myself. Yeah. And that ability to say, no, I really can do it. I can do this. I think there's a difference between being able to say, I can do it. I actually do think I can do it all alone, but I don't want to because it's not living. I'm smarter than that now. I want more for me than that now. Yes. I also know that in order for me to be happy and healthy, I need to be connected to people in a way that I can trust. And what I found was back when I was younger, I was really good at showing up for other people. You need something, I'll be here for you. You might not even know you need it. You know what? You might not even want it. I'm going to show up with it, right? You need my opinion. I got that. You know, you need a meal. I can make it. I can make you too. You need help with your kids or you need this, anything. You're in crisis. I will listen. And that was fine, sort of. But it led to me not really feeling close to other people. And I swear to you that I was in my 30s when things really started falling apart, like one after another, because that's just like how the 30s go, right? Totally. Starting with having my first child and having postpartum depression. And then all of the challenges that went after that. And I found that I had to get to like a really low place to be able to let other people show up for me, to be able to let a friend call and really take care of me. And I remember one time really specifically when I was just like in the dumps Things were not going well in my life. And my friend would call and check up on me. And I felt a little embarrassed almost, like a little bit like, oh, I'm sorry that I'm taking up so much time and space. We don't really need to do this. You probably have other things to do. And she said to me, I am so glad. Like, I get to feel like the big sister. You've always felt like my big sister. And now I get to show up and I get to be the big sister to you. For you to depend on me feels really good to me. That blew my mind. But this was someone I'd been friends with for like 15 years at this point. And to be able to be shown up for was incredibly humbling. It was the first time I was like, oh shit, this is what they mean by vulnerable. (laughs) You're like, this is uncomfortable. Yes. And I felt loved and safe and cared for when I really needed to. And that's just something that I don't want to have be a rare thing. I don't want to have to feel like my life is falling apart, that most of the time I just do everything all by myself and that's great and that's what I'm aiming for. And then if things really go off the rails, someone can show up for me. Now, just like in the day-to-day, if I feel close to my friends, even if that's just a text here and there, if I feel close to my co-host, even if that's just a text or a call or I feel close to my spouse, then I just generally like, my mental and emotional health is better. I am way more able to withstand whatever comes. Oh, for sure. I think that that's what healthy 
interdependence looks like? Yeah, it's changing that verbiage where I don't necessarily want to have to depend on anyone, but I want to know that I can depend on so many people in my life in a time of need. The dependence on feels very scary. And I think it can. A lot of our personal backgrounds or stories create that fear of having a dependence on. So if we look at something like being financially dependent on our spouse, where for one person, that's totally fine. I grew up with divorced parents and saw the fallout of one partner being dependent on the other partner. And I myself said, I don't want to necessarily have to depend on somebody else for surviving. However, I want to know that I can depend on so many people in my life, whether that's my spouse, my friends, that's my kiddos. It's, heck, the grocery store clerk that always says hi and knows my name. I want to know that I can depend on and I need to not only know that, I have to recognize that. And that's where we kind of go back to this idea, that story at the very beginning of that picture that was hanging in my daughter's room for so long that said behind every strong woman is herself. I don't want her to think that. I want her to know that she's in that group because she is strong. But behind every strong woman is a village of people that you can depend on. Yes, I love that. So as we kind of wrap up this episode, I want to speak directly to those women. Inside my office, you already hear me talk too much. They know my voice. But to all those women who are striving to be independent, step off the hamster wheel. We were never meant to do this thing called life alone. We were never meant to. People who are listening to this and still feel like, man, I do not agree. I do want to be independent. That's the way that I should be. Maybe I just ask that you invite a little bit of curiosity into your world. Mm. Like, where did that idea come from? And what's driving it and making it so strong? Because being able to stand on your own two feet, like you said, financially, you know, maybe you've got a history where you saw what happened when your mom totally financially depended on your dad and it didn't go well. So being able to stand on your own two feet financially or being able to stand on your own two feet in a dating relationship or in a friendship or whatever it is, you can work towards those goals. You can work towards strengthening yourself in areas that you feel like you need to be strengthened and to be safe until you feel safe enough to feel like you don't have to be so strong there. But maybe just be curious about why this idea of independence is so appealing to you. And maybe look for a minute and just challenge it. Is that really what you want globally? Or is there a skill? Or is there something that you're looking for that's specific that could be part of an interdependent life? Interdependent. Yeah. Interdependent. So maybe we close out by saying we aren't necessarily telling you to throw out the word independence. What we are challenging you to do is look at what your definition of independence is and then maybe challenge it and say, do I need to change the definition? Or might I be better served by the idea of interdependence instead? Love it. 
Love it. Thanks for listening to another Honest Women episode. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the podcast, please share it with others. Post about it on social media and tag us or include the hashtag Honest Women Podcast. To catch all the latest from Andrea and me, you can follow us on Instagram. And don't forget to subscribe so you will be the first to hear our weekly episode. Next week, we get honest about the modern day woman who strives to split domestic labor like home management and parenting 50-50 with their partners. (laughs) Get ready, ladies. It's gonna be good. Until then, hang in there, ladies. This has been Honest Women.